As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Okay, so welcome to today's conversation hosted by the uh, Talent Magnet Institute and Centennial. We're uh, very excited to have so many of you on to gain wisdom and perspective during this particular time. We're going to be discussing today the dynamics of furloughs and layoffs and how to restructure your workforce thoughtfully during this challenging time. I am with today Julie Bauke of the Bauke Group, who is a longtime business partner of Centennial and is one of the faculty members of the Talent Magnet Institute. And we're very excited for her to join us and for us all to have a very lively discussion today. So we thank you all again for joining us. It's very encouraging to see the leaders on today that uh, care about this particular topic and hopefully want to learn a lot more and how to manage through the next coming weeks. Julie, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. I'm thrilled to be here. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's get us started. So Julie, you and I were talking just last week around, wow, I wish we would have been able to forecast this particular time and dynamic and to get ahead of the curve, get ahead of some of the ways that people are going about furloughs and layoffs and being able to be as a little bit more proactive. Now we're being reactive. So I know today we're going to be addressing both what has happened and what could happen or will be happening for some and to specifically lean into this topic. So let's kick it off here. How do you, right now, what are your greatest concerns about the way organizations are managing furloughs and layoffs? Well, you know, it's funny. Sometimes things come out of seeing things done. Sometimes opportunities to share great ideas come out of seeing things done well, and sometimes they come out of seeing things done not so well. And you and I were sharing way too many examples and stories of organizations who are approaching what they need to do to stay in business, so restructuring their workforce, whether it's layoffs, furloughs, et cetera, in the wrong way. And I think you and I were talking about how we need to put something together to show people what are the right ways to do it and what are the cautions and so what? I mean, so what if you let people go the wrong way? Well, there's a lot of reasons why it's really a good business practice to be thoughtful and intentional about taking people's livelihood away for whatever reason. And in the best of times, Mike, we know there's a lot to be desired because it's a very difficult thing to do. It's probably the hardest thing a leader has to do is to tell somebody you won't have a paycheck after this day. And so therefore, when things are really hard, it's that human to human kind of, oh, I don't want to give you bad news. We generally don't do it well because we just rush in, we want to get it done and move on. And that's in good times. I mean, that's in times when we aren't rushed. But you take that, just the general unwillingness and discomfort with giving bad news, and you layer on top of that the fact that 
we've had some real holy cow moments in the last few weeks, and we're going to have some more that require us not only to do this, but do it quickly. And it's like ripping a Band-Aid off a hairy arm. Sometimes it hurts, and sometimes it hurts so good. We want this to be a good and positive thing. And we have seen people acting quickly, irrationally, without thought as to their impact, and importantly, without thought as to what's this going to mean when it all comes back. I mean, we joke about the good old days, which I call January, as being a time when we were sitting on top of the world, right? I mean, the job market was great. It was hard to find people to fill jobs. We're going to come back to that. And so I think what's really, really important to stop and take a breath and say, how do we want to go through this? Mm. And can we go through this in a brand aligned way so that we come out of it as strongly as we can, because you are going to be back out there looking for talent soon. And so I think that was really the genesis of us saying, man, if we could just get people to slow down and take a look at what they're doing and get some input and some thoughts and, you know, some best practices and do this in a way that really enhances their leadership and makes it shine versus making it look like they didn't know what they were doing. And so I think that's where we started. Yeah. And one of the things for all of you who have joined us, thank you for joining us. Julie's team and our team, we care about how you look and how you live out your core values, right? And we know that over the last few weeks, so many have been challenged to make quick decisions, to make Again, five weeks ago, we never saw what was coming, what was about to come, unless you may have had some international operations, and some of you on the call do, where you've been managing through this for maybe the last eight weeks. But this is the time where our core values and our leadership shows up. And we know that not every decision that everyone has made from the stories that Julie and I have heard from both employers and the uh, candidate side the individual side, that not everything has been done as they would have liked to have executed the plan. We've also seen some who have been very involved with their people, have allowed a voice, have actually asked feedback of those who work for the organization, painting the picture, sharing the challenges that they're managing through. And we would also encourage all of us to know that today's a new day and how we respond tomorrow and what we're preparing for next week. Our hope is that all of us will bring back, not only were we in a time where we were all looking for great talent, but now many are in a scenario where you're going to have to bring that talent back. And that talent is going to have even more options than ever to decide whether or not they rejoin you. Right. And so part of that is having worked for nine years um, in outplacement before I started my firm, we dealt with the impact of people being let go in a less than compassionate way. It was horrific. It dashes their ability to move on, to feel positive, to think of their experiences with your company in a good light. And it also, they will be out there talking about how they were treated. Mm -hmm. And so now if you're doing this wholesale and quickly, at a time when everybody's in a panic anyway, what you do today will affect your brand as an employer for years to come, period, end of story. This is a very small market and people talk. 
And so if I'm saying I would like to, I think I'm going to go work for the ABC company and I've got friends who say, oh, let me tell you how they treated me when the chips were down. It is amazing. People do understand it's a business decision. They just want to be treated like adults. And so think really hard about when you come back, what do you want? What do you want your people who you've had to furlough or let go to say about your organization and how they treat their people and what the culture is? Because all this great talk about here's our culture, we value our people, blah, 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 is simply noise. When, when it came down to taking action, you didn't follow that. And so think hard about, put your head up, think ahead. We are going to get through this. It's going to look different, but we are going to get through this. What do you want your reputation in the market to be? Do you want it to be enhanced or do you want it to be damaged? And if you move too quickly and you're doing it in an inhumane way, which we'll get into, it will absolutely be damaged. And so as a leader or as a leadership team, I think you need to ask yourself that question, get out of the present for a moment, look ahead and say, how do we want to look back on this and how do we want to feel about the way we handled this? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that Julie and I want to share with each of you are four best practices to utilize during this time and to keep front of mind. So the first one is putting your head forward and knowing what you want to do after the crisis aligns to your decision making today. So number one, the decisions you make today are going to impact your future success. And thinking about not just the tough decisions, but the way that you implement those decisions across your organization. I would encourage us all to be thinking about and putting that in front of our teams and in front of those decision makers, as well as some of your people that are on the front line, that are in middle management, that are in executive leadership, that are going to be impacted by it ensuring that the way we go about these decisions, it's not purely black and white in terms of how compassionate we are, how transparent we are, how vulnerable we are, and letting people know that it hurts us as much as it hurts them. And we're doing our part to have a safe place, a safe employment for them to come back to and hear the decisions that need to be made. That's right. So knowing your decisions today impact your future. Julie, do you want to add to that? You know, I think part of that is how you communicate. And again, you know, communications is tough in the best of times. So in this whole field of people, you know, rarely are there nevers, but here's a never. Don't lay anybody off by email or text. Worst thing you can possibly do. And again, you will suffer from that. So in some of the stories I've heard, have been, so you've got, I'm going to do it in a very heartless way, lay people off by email or text. And then you've got the other side, which is, yay, I'm just going to blow smoke and hope people don't realize that we're laying things off. So in other words, there's a company in town I know of who did the rah-rah, did the, we're all going to be fine, we're going to get this through together, woo! And then, end of the day, the next day, they laid people off. Hmm. Another company I've heard of through a friend a consulting firm said, we are not having layoffs. Then the next day, secretly laid people off. So to me, that's treating people like they're stupid and you lose tons of credibility as a leader. This desire to be open and authentic and know that you don't have all the answers, it's okay to say, I don't know. 
And it's okay to be vulnerable and honest and say, I don't know. We're evaluating all of our options, but we will be open and honest with you. And we want you to take care of yourself while we try to figure this out. And we will tell you what's going on. Look, I'm scared. Just like Mike said, I'm scared just like you are. Because even as a leader, when you're dealing with your business, but you're also dealing with your home situation, you might have kids running around underfoot and your spouse is worried and, you know, you've got college coming up. And I mean, you know, we all are dealing with those things as well as our leadership. So dealing with this in an open, honest, face-to-face or phone call, or even I've seen some companies doing it by Zoom, face-to-face, letting people see your face and letting them feel that you're being honest. You know, you don't have to blow smoke and you don't lie to people. It's the worst thing you can do. And you might be sitting there saying, well, I'd never do that. But I'm telling you, it is happening all over the place. Mm. And the communication piece is never more important than it is in these times of crisis. Yeah. Yeah. As it relates to number two, we've touched on it a little bit around transparent and vulnerable communications, transparent and vulnerable communications. As Julie just shared, allowing people just as you would if you were having to make this decision in person, allowing them to see the truth, your concerns, your thoughts, and letting them feel your vulnerability. I know I've talked to two organizations that feel like they deeply regret how they handled it the last three weeks. And one of them in particular is an organization who works with the Talent Magnet Institute and who said, this is not what we believe makes us a talent magnet, right? It's not how we're supposed to be operating. And the only thing that can be done is to ask for forgiveness during a time and uh, as you're managing through some of those. So we're going to do our part to encourage leaders who listen, who follow, who are trying to be proactive here on ensuring we're making the right decisions and being vulnerable and transparent with our people. I think now because of the uncertainty that all of us are managing through is a critical time for us to live out our core values, check those at the door, ensure that you're following through on what you say your organization's all about, knowing that we're going to have to make tough decisions. And when we make mistakes, we ask for forgiveness. Those that are wrestling through these things, we're hoping, again, Julie and I were talking, like we need to catch people before they have to make these decisions. So we can encourage them to take step one, realize that your future depends on how you handle this, and this step two, transparent and vulnerable communications. Yeah. The other things as we go into here, into step three, Julie, before we get to step three, are there any additions you want to add to transparent and vulnerable communications? Yeah, I was actually in my front yard this morning talking to my neighbor six feet away. And he is the CEO of a nice nonprofit here in town. And he said, I loved what he said. He said, we are approaching this time with the goal of coming out on the other side of being an employer of choice because of how we handled it. Hmm. So that's, I was telling him about this webinar. I said, that's about the best way you could possibly put it. And what does that mean? If everybody can do, everybody can handle handing out bonus checks. But where leadership really, really 
is impactful and long lasting is not those moments, but in times of crisis. So I loved what he said. Our third tip, you know, that we were talking about, it's like, you know, what do, what do we want to leave people with? And I think that sometimes as leaders, we think we have to have all the answers and we don't. You might be able to tell by my wall behind me that I kind of like dogs. I'm the board chair of the Claremont County Animal Shelter, and we are involving our people because we're in tough, the animal world's tough because we don't know how many people are going to start to abandoning their, their animals. And so, you know, we hope it's going to be small, but we asked our staff, here's our challenge. Here's the issues. What ideas do you have? So the people who are doing the jobs in a lot of times, they have the best ideas and they might be able to say, you know what, if we have to furlough somebody or we have to take unpaid time, I can do that. You know, so ask people, show them what the challenge is as much as you can and ask for people's inputs. You're going to get ideas that you never thought of. And so I think sometimes abandoning the idea is because you have, you have the title, you have to have all the best answers in this time. It's, this is the best time to really show people that you don't. You might be surprised what kind of great feedback you get. Yeah. Yeah. I was sharing with Julie before this time with all of you. Uh, I was speaking to an individual yesterday who's a manager at his place of work. And I was asking him, you know, how his organization, he works at a manufacturing company, is handling this time. And he said, well, I'm actually taking unpaid furlough. So the way his organization handled it was putting out a communication to their team and saying, for those of you who can afford a week or two weeks of unpaid time off, that could keep, they gave some mathematical calculations that could keep two to three to four additional people employed during this time. So he opted to take unpaid time off. And again, it's in this type of situation that there are some who might say, you know, I'm going to take advantage of that because I want to help my fellow colleague, my fellow team, and gives me an opportunity to take an extended spring break, right? This did happen during spring break season for most schools across the country, certainly here in the Midwest. And that's how he viewed it. I basically have an extended spring break. And I'm going to take advantage of that. And oh, by the way, it made him feel like he was involved in the communication process. He was involved in the decision-making process and providing those options out and giving people creative solutions during this time can be very, very helpful and gives empowerment that, you know, he actually felt like he was part of the solution. So which every time we can help our people know that they are a part of the solution and their voice is meaningful and their opinion and thoughts matter, it makes us further gravitate to that organization. So, and it's great when we can pass out bonus checks and it's great when we can win awards, but when your values really show up, when leadership really shows up, when your natural strengths shows up as usually in stressor situations, of which this is one of them. Are there other options and ways that organizations can provide their people a voice to be a part of the solution, in your opinion? We had some input from 
somebody who might even be on the webinar talking about how at his firm, they set up because they didn't have a way to communicate with some of their furloughed people. So they set up a special phone line and Chris sent me the information. They set up a special phone line at almost no cost where they could record updates every day is what they're doing about how they're dealing with it and what's going on. So there are folks who are no longer don't have email accounts or work phones could call in to figure out what was going on. And I know that at TriHealth, their chief marketing officer has started doing daily updates um, to all employees. Uh, He does a daily video call to all employees to tell them what's going on. And so don't be afraid to show your face. Don't be afraid. Don't hide behind email. Don't be afraid to make a video once a week, whatever's appropriate. And it might even just say, I just want you to know I'm thinking of you. I don't have any more information. And, you know, I don't have any, any news to share, but be assured that I'm thinking of you and your family. And I want to get through this. Any ideas that you have, any thoughts, I want to hear them. Open that door wide and show your face. Before all this started, the number one thing people wanted out of work, more of at work, higher than salary was flexibility and time off. Now, this is not the way they wanted it. However, there are people out there, they're not suffering financially. Not everybody's suffering financially. You probably have people on your team who don't necessarily need their paycheck. And so the idea of giving people unpaid time off is going to be appealing to some of your folks as long as you put it out there the right way. You know, don't poo-poo that because it is what people want. They need to get their lives back together and reboot and get some more time with the family. Now, it could be argued we're spending too much time with our families now. But in other words, don't be afraid to put that out there as an option. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other, just in terms of ease of use, when you use Zoom, you can actually use Zoom with no one on it and hit record and create a video file. You can also very easily upload that video file, make it unlisted on YouTube, and provide a link out to your employees. So again, the more personal in nature that you can use technology that's at your fingertips, this does not have to be an overly complicated scenario, but provides you the ability to get that out and tell the stories that are good in this. There are organizations, particularly the restaurant industry, Watch how the restaurant industry, some of the local restaurateurs, they've had to let 86, 93% of their employees go. But how are they leveraging PR? How are they leveraging the message? How are they ensuring they can do everything possible to make it all about their employees that your support of our restaurant right now during takeout Tuesdays or carry out Wednesdays is helping provide us resources to still help our employees keep their insurance, help our employees provide a fund for our employees. You know, there are organizations who haven't been impacted by what's going on that are creating up funds, creating funds. There certainly is all of the incredible work that Greater Cincinnati Foundation, United Way, the Chamber, the Cincinnati Chamber, in Northern Kentucky with the Horizon Fund and the Northern Kentucky Chamber are doing to provide resources and let your people know that you're evaluating those options, you're looking into the resources so that they feel and know that you're putting them and making them a priority. 
right? So these are things, again, we recognize you didn't have on your to-do list five weeks ago, but you need to let your people know that they are your priority. Your people are your greatest asset. So as we say, start acting like it and putting these proactive natures in place. Let's also talk about, Julie, the opportunity for partnerships. I have a couple of examples I'll share, start with one. So I had an employee two Sundays ago reach out to us and our team and shared, we're getting ready to land a ventilator project. We got a call. We've never produced our mechanics for ventilators, but it is known, widely known that we can. So we're going to, we're pitching for a big project. And Mike, we're going to need 76 people in the next two weeks. And her question was, do you know any organizations who have had to let people go that we could hire them as seasonal workers during the time that they've had to let them go, right? So even her creative partnership, this is an organization called Clippered Instruments out in Coleraine, even her positioning was, I would love to offer an opportunity to hire employees as seasonal employees and bring them on during this time. I know from personal feedback that just by putting it out to our network, we've helped three people get employment out of those 76 by putting it out. Those are three people who let us know who applied and now they're helping assemble for ventilators, right? And I also am aware of another client of ours, Frisch's, they're utilizing great marketing and PR to share what they're doing, not just for their associates, but for their customers. But they also, I just got updated last night from Sherry Harper, their CHRO, are keeping a list of organizations who are seeking employees, and they're keeping that up to date for their people to ensure they they can go out and file for unemployment, but we would much rather in the economy would much rather them stay employed somewhere, right? So by doing these proactive type measures, by preparing, by again, using number one, that our goal is we need to keep the future in mind, they're making decisions and becoming creative, creating opportunities for their people, despite the circumstances. Fantastic. Yes. You know, our fourth tip, you know, as Mike and I were talking about this topic, your people are, there's challenges from several angles. It's not just keeping your business running, but it's keeping things straight at home and, you know, keeping the kids calm and your spouse and worrying about, you know, I mean, there's just, we are all overloaded. And I think it's normally when you lay people off, in a lot of cases, you provide some sort of service, career transition services for them. And you might be really panicked now about not being able to afford that. But think about what you can provide. Think about whether you could bring in a workshop. I mean, we do that kind of stuff, whether you could bring in a workshop or just help your people somehow get their resumes and LinkedIn profile done, help them take a breath and put together a plan to move forward. Think about what kind of help you can bring in or provide for your people to help keep them in a good place. Again, you get benefits from this. But also, as Mike and I were talking, as leaders, I think sometimes you know, the higher up you are, the more alone you can feel and really feel like this is too much. You know, I have too much weight on my shoulders here. 
this isn't what I signed up for. Whatever it is, you might be thinking at three o'clock in the morning. I don't know about you, but three o'clock in the morning is usually about when these things hit. And don't be afraid to reach out for some help for yourself through a trusted advisor, through a coach or a therapist or whatever you need to help you just have somebody to talk to. Sometimes just saying, you know, this really sucks and I'm not handling it well. And just knowing that you're not alone, maybe it's an accountability partner or somebody who's in a leadership role like yours that you can talk to on the phone once a week, but providing those resources, you know, we talk about, even on Mike's whiteboard behind him, it says, we're all in this together. And I think that's true. But in order for that to be how we behave every day, we also have to be willing to reach out for help. There's nothing to be gained at this point by being stoic and I can handle it because all pieces of our world are shaking right now. Mm-hmm. And if you're saying it doesn't impact you, I guarantee it does. It's probably just below the surface. You might be that duck that's very calm on the top of the water, but you're pedaling like crazy underneath. And that has a shelf life. That is not going to last. It will hit you either you have a health issue, a relationship issue, a mental or emotional issue, a business or financial issue. We can't live in buckets. And so just like I encourage you to get some sort of help for your people, don't forget to put yourself on that list of people who might need some additional resources and help. And don't ever be afraid to reach out. You know, Mike and I were talking about that. We know this is freaking people out and you don't have to go it alone. I think that's true with most parts of life. That's right. That's right. The other thing we want to encourage you to think about, and I know that the number earlier was fairly high by percentage of those who have not experienced layoffs or furloughs yet, but there's a likelihood that the families that you employ, right, um, have been impacted by this right now. So again, what greater time for those who haven't had to experience this yet to ask, do a pulse, reach out to your people and ask not just what they need, but what do their family units need? They may have other concerns going on in their life that's not allowing them to operate at their best. They might be staying up. You know, we know that a lot of safety issues that happen in organizations happen because of lack of sleep, lack of direction. And think about that, right? So work with your people, ask them their needs. And I always say is that it's okay to get personal, right? It's okay to care. It's okay to ask and express interest and express appreciation and love to our people, right? If they are truly our greatest assets. So even though you may not have experienced and your employees may not have experienced this dynamic that's going on in rapid pace, their families very well may. And it may not just be their immediate family. It might be a sibling and their family or things that are happening that are putting things. And, you know, we know there's organizations on this call who rise to the occasion to support their employees and rise to the occasion to support the families of their employees. And what an opportunity to utilize this type of moment to let your people know you care. And they may say, the community is being impacted by this and how can I support? I was on the call two weeks ago. A CEO reached out to me. It was actually a public post on Facebook and said, I would love who could actually spend some time at 
anyone know where I can turn to get help for my employees who are experiencing anxiety? So they're not going through layoffs, but their people are having a high sense of anxiety right now. So myself and one of our faculty members at the Talent Magnet Institute basically just opened up an opportunity for them to talk, for them to see one another. They've been kind of in this isolation. They're also in the healthcare space. And we provided them, asked them some questions, what they can be certain of, what they are uncertain of, what's going on, and allowed an open place for them to speak freely and share. And that CEO was on the call as well also sharing her own vulnerability and her own concerns, right? Where her concerns are, not just for her people, but her own children. So these are the types of things we need to get really creative on and figure out what's going on in our workplaces. How can we rise to the occasion and be proactive and ensure that we're taking steps to be thoughtful and let people know how much we care, value, and need them. So Julie, one of the questions here around if you do have to lay people off, how do you tee it up to prepare people for bad news? Any thoughts on that? Well, first of all, you're not going to surprise them. In other words, everybody's kind of expecting a shoe to drop. And so this isn't going to come out of left field. So I think if you begin with open and transparent communication and you say, yes, Layoffs and furloughs are certainly a possibility. I'm not going to lead you. I'm not going to lie to you. Layoffs and furloughs are indeed a possibility. Just know that we are doing the most possible to prevent or avoid that. And we're open to your ideas. We will stay in touch. And as we know more, we will let you know. Now people are teed up. You know, they know that it's a possibility. And they can't be in denial anymore. Now, you're always going to have those people who are like, yeah, but not me. You can't live without me. That always exists. But in general, you have to be realistic and open and honest, just like you'd want your leaders to be with you and say, yes, it is a possibility. We don't know anymore yet, but we will let you know as soon as we do. And then you think about if you say, okay, so, you know, now a week goes by and you're like, yep, we're going to have to lay off 10% of the people next Friday. Then you start to put together your communications plan. Who's it going to be? How are you going to do it? What's the message going to be? What's the message going to be to your community, your vendors, your customers, your suppliers? Because that matters too. You know, how are you going to communicate this? Then you figure out who's going to deliver the message. Always better to deliver it one-on-one. If at all possible, you want to do some training, some prep with your managers on how to deliver that message and handle the emotions. And... When it's over, let's say you laugh 10% of the people, you're going to get questions. Is this going to happen again? And in other words, people are going to be sitting around waiting. Is there going to be another shoe to drop? And I don't think it's fair to lie and say, no, 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 we're done. Because I don't think you know. So again, we'll keep you posted. If they trust that you're telling them everything you know when you know it, that will calm them as much as possible. So I think starting those consistent communications and being open that it is a possibility, that's teeing people up. That's getting people ready. And then you want to be planful and thoughtful about how you deliver the message, and there's a whole bunch of steps to go through. By the way, I'm willing to have a conversation with anybody who is struggling with this and give you some thoughts about how to approach it. Um, So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. We'll set up a time for a call because it can always be more helpful when I know your particular circumstances. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
If there's any other questions, please feel free to add those in here. I know one of the conversations that we've had with organizations has been that the front line, those especially the organizations that are deemed essential, there are many organizations, you know, some might joke every manufacturing company is essential, is what we've been wrestling with. But, you know, I think the dynamic is some are and some are overloaded while trying to maintain the CDC guidelines. Because of, you know, I had a client back to two weeks ago, the Saturday before Clipper called, another client called, a packaging and printing organization called and said, Mike, we just landed a three million piece order for thermometer labels. And earlier this week, we needed to furlough 27 of our 50 people. Any suggestions, thoughts? How do we do the right things relating to essential? What type of paperwork do we need to provide our employees? You know, I've got to rethink. I mean, just things like that are happening and real time. And back to Julie's point, calling people and saying, hey, can I just run something by you? Here's what I have to tackle today. And how do I go about this? The other is, you know, many organizations are starting at the top of the org chart with executives and with senior managers and asking, back to the point of asking for those who can take unpaid time off and showing and demonstrating the impact that that has on the workforce. Also, senior level executives being furloughed for a period of time, you know, whether that's two weeks or 45 days. And because we need the people on the front line who are serving and are closest to, you know, so these are things you see executives that are making decisions around their own pay and compensation. And again, I think to Julie, to your point, those decisions can't be made that they're the only decisions, right? But they certainly can show that we're doing everything we can to provide healthy and good employment and an organization that supports a lot of people. And now would be the time to dive in and make some of those decisions. Again, the other significant point that I've heard multiple people say, and Julie, I love the thought around, okay, if we're really an employer of choice, now's the time for us to show it, right? And knowing that when this comes back, people will have options. And are they going to choose you because of how you handle them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That has been one of those things that I've just been very aware of for the 20 plus years I've been in this type of work, that people are watching you. They absolutely are what? How are you going to handle this? You know, no matter what it is, they're watching you. And if you are saying, here's our core values, but then you behave in such a way or tolerate behavior clearly that is out of alignment with the core values, they don't believe anything you say. They don't believe it when you tell them the sky's blue because you've proven yourself to be untrustworthy. You're out of alignment. So these times are when people are going, okay, so even if I don't get laid off, even if I'm still fully employed and I'm not getting laid off and I'm watching how you treat my colleagues because I know that someday you might be tired of me and I'm going to be treated the same way. And so guess what? You're good people. The people you want to keep, those are your most marketable people. And those are the ones that are going to get picked up as quickly as possible. So think about, I always say, there's a lot of emphasis put on how you treat people leaving. 
But I'm here to tell you, there's a big part two there, and it's probably even more important. And that's how do you treat people that are staying? So the re-recruiting of the people that you still have and that you're going to need to move your business forward, it's partly they're going to watch how you treat the departing colleagues. And that's one data point. And then how do you message back to them? Is your strategy, well, just be glad you weren't on that list. Just be glad you have a job. That absolutely is the employee relations strategy of some organizations. Just be glad you have a job. And so if, if anything in your communication even hints that, you will lose your best people because that's not what they need to hear. When you re-recruit, it's about sitting down and having conversations with people and letting them know that they're highly valued and why. Don't just say, keep it up, buddy. You know, be really specific about why they're valued and why you really see them as the future of the organization. So any sort of layoff causes morale to go down. And so really paying close attention to the people who are left behind, instead of thinking, well, what are they worried about? They have a job. That's the biggest mistake you can make. And so there's a whole re-recruiting strategy for those folks as well. And there's this, I saw this one time, I was helping an organization They needed to lay off a very high-level person. Everybody in the organization complained about the person. He gets in our way. He doesn't get stuff done. Why is he even here? Blah, 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 blah. And so they were like, okay. So they ended up letting him go. Well, guess what? Everybody in the organization, oh, no, why'd you let him go? We loved him. He's got kids. How could you do that? When this happens, even to somebody that we didn't work with or we don't care for or didn't even think they were a good soldier, we still feel as humans, we feel for those people because they have families too. And we start putting ourselves in that role and say, well, what would I do if that was me? Oh my gosh. And so the sensitivity of your people who are staying behind, they get a little bit of survivor's guilt and they care very much how you treat the people leaving. And so if that doesn't compel you to treat your departing folks right, I don't know what will. Yeah, yeah. I just put in the four aspects that we want all of you to keep in mind in terms of best practices. The other thought here and something that came up in the discussion around number three that I did not share was that you may recognize right now that some of your work has gone right? That some of your customer demands that you had have shifted, projects have come to an end. One of the things that I heard that came out of number three, and I know I've experienced it here with our team at Centennial, is now's a great time to evaluate that parking lot list. If you don't have to let people go, but work has dried up, are there things you can do Are there ways and projects you can put people on that maybe are outside their everyday workload and workflow, but that would be extremely helpful for your organization? We have a a client of ours who just yesterday was sharing that one of the things we've decided to do is we're in a cash position that we don't have to let people go. But we have a couple of innovation projects that we have not been able to apply resources against. And we're going to focus on those two major initiatives that one could be a future business unit. So leveraging the opportunity, if you're in that type of position, 
to go after things right now that have been on the parking lot. You know, we're working very diligently here to look at some of our internal practices and ensuring some of those up. Our organization had just implemented what would be considered an ERP system into Centennial a week before everything took place. And in many cases, you're learning as you go on those, right? You're flying the plane and building it too. And this has given us a time to put three people on that project to really construct that ERP system that we operate on for our organization in a way that could have taken us months to get to, right? So just be thoughtful around that. Think about, think cross-functionally. Chris, I, <laughs> I hadn't read that yet before I was going to say that. But you know, we keep talking about think cross-functionally. Think about secondary strengths and skills. Think about what else could people be doing? What other ideas do they have? And that's what comes out of number three is a great way. Also, I think we're all going to be shocked by the things our organizations are capable of, things that we learn from the way we've had to operate that you may never set back down. You may keep that in driving those things forward with new product ideas, new customer ideas. If you're in that type of scenario, leverage your people, listen to them, ask the right questions, engage them, and let them know how much you appreciate them during this time. Another thing to think about, just some tactical items that maybe seem too easy to pass up or that you may pass up because they seem too simple. But we had another customer, a software development company that just a week and a half ago basically sent everybody a gift card to pay for a dinner for their family. Those that had not been let go, they've not had to let people go. They've had some projects slow down which impacts billable hours, which impacts compensation, which impacts commission, et cetera. But they went ahead and took the time. You know, they're all quarantined. That CEO also asked me the question of, hey, Mike, do you know a comedian who could join an all-team Zoom call? And I was like, okay, that might be the strangest question I've been asked. I don't know. In fact, I do. I know a gentleman who, who's a comedian and who owns a, a circus training place over in Northern Kentucky. And he said, oh, what we want to do, because we're all in these isolation, we're all working from home, we're used to seeing each other more often, we'd love for someone to join our all-team Zoom call with 54 people and start cracking jokes and making people laugh, right? Just to create some levity. So little things that we can do right now to create smiles to create enjoyment and to make sure we express both fun and appreciation during a very stressful time, right? I'm not trying to take away from any of that, that as a business owner, Julie and I are both going through stressful times, but we know how important it is to ensure that our team members, our families, and our customers know how much we appreciate them we care about them. And to be frank, I always say, and we love them. We're here for others. Julie and I are both designed to serve others. That's why we're in the roles that we're in. And we want to be helpful for all of you. And again, for those who have, are going through this right now or are going to be facing this in the coming weeks, plan, take the extra time to reach out and to seek guidance, run it by a couple of other parties to see how would this make you feel if you were on the recipient end. Julie, any additional parting words? Yep. Okay. 
All right. Well, again, we thank you all for joining. Julie, thank you for your expertise and your passion and your team, Terry and Jeff, for their passion around serving people well. Thank you all for trusting us at Centennial and the Talent Magnet Institute and helping support you, your leadership, and your organizations. We are in this together, as I say, and today is a day that people will remember for decades to come. How you make people feel, how you respond. Also, you're not in this alone. We keep trying to share with our webinars that let's think about physical distancing. We need social interaction. So that might not be able to be physically close, but utilize the technology and resources to stay connected with your contacts, with your advisors, with your colleagues. I encourage all of you to really think about two to four people that have come up in your mind the last couple of days that you need to reach out to and reach out and do that. Take action. Also, make sure that you share and engage your legal counsel. Julie and I are not attorneys, and we highly recommend your CPA and your attorney be helping you through this time as well. I do have, there's one comment we want to share that uh, was just brought up in the, to the panelists. Thank you for sharing that, that we think will be helpful. So the thing that this organization has found most helpful was around benefits that most carriers are extending the ability to keep employees covered in group life, short-term, long-term plans for an extended period of time. So make sure you are calling those carriers and those providers. Your insurance brokers should be actively engaged in this. I just heard last week that there's three major insurance carriers that are extending, that are allowing organizations to keep while they're on furlough and unemployment to be able to keep their health care benefits. And I've heard from some that those individuals have to pay their portion still. And I also know of an organization that's paying the employee's portion to keep them on during that time. So thank you for sharing that, that we can just encourage all of you to engage with your carriers, with your resources, with your CPA, your attorney, you know, all of them are here for you. If they've not reached out to you to this point, now might be time to evaluate other options because they're supposed to be in this for you and providing you guidance and wisdom during this time. So thank you all again. And we look forward to our next conversation with you through the Talent Magnet Institute podcast or through a variety of other resources you can find us on social media. Thank you so much. Bye now. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook please communicate by using hashtag talent magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio, 
We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity.